0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Todd McCann. He's a truck driver, an author, and a podcaster. How's it going, Todd? Pretty good. Pumped to be here, man. I am, um, I was, when I found out that you were a truck driver, my interest was immediately piqued, and then finding out that y- you were a podcaster, so doing an interview with you would be really easy. Uh that's that it was fascinating I'll, I'll start by saying that my uncle was a a truck driver not long haul but he drove semis and he loved it and uh when he was about 45 he was being treated for bipolar and the company that he was driving for got sold in the new company any driver taking medication couldn't be insured and yeah basically they had to let him go and that it kind of broke him it was the one thing he loved the one thing he always wanted to do and uh he, he passed away recently but he used to call me and talk about trucking late at night usually during manic episodes it was kind of crazy but <laughs> yeah but yeah i do have this fascination about it so i'm excited to talk about this
1: well yeah uh, first off i'm totally shocked that an insurance company screwed something up for somebody <laughs> it seems that's out of character, amazing right to me. no yeah right
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so when did he when did he drive? How long ago was that? Oh, this would have been uh, maybe the 70s. Oh, boy, have things changed since then? <laughs> yeah. Which was which is one of the areas I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Because everything I know about trucking basically comes from his stories from 50 years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. Those guys were hot dogs back then, man. They You can't get away with that stuff now. Not at all. Like what? Oh, just the way they used to run back there. Uh, there was nobody really watching them. They could just drive however long they wanted, do whatever they wanted. Uh, You know, they made a ton of money. But nowadays, we have electronic logs. You know, we have to, even before that, we were on paper logs and we had to submit them to a company and they got audited and they wanted to make sure you weren't driving over your hours and all this kind of stuff. And now, uh, December 19th, I think it was, of this past year, all truckers are on electronic log books now. So, this just kicked like, in. Recently. Is that
0: a regulation?
1: Yeah, it's a regulation from the uh, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. Wow. So, yeah, it's just one of our rules they put in place trying to curb the outlaws. And it's, I think it'll work, but it's a, it's a pain in the butt and it is less efficient for sure. sure. You know, because we can't fudge things like we used to.
0: Which I you suppose, I mean, circumstances always change, right?
1: Well, and that's the thing with trucking. It is so crazy. I mean, you just never know what, you know, I mean, you might be planning on stopping at a truck stop two hours down the road. And then all of a sudden you're in a traffic jam for two hours. Now you're just sitting on the highway and what are you doing? Now you're illegal. You're, you're driving illegal, you know? And that's where paper logs really shine because like we could just pretend we showed up someplace <laughs> and then, and you know, and we'd log it like we showed up there and then the next day we would just drive two hours less or something like that. And that you was know, probably wasn't... a
0: generally accepted practice, right? Cause it kind of worked for yes. everybody.
1: Yes. All the truckers did it. You know, we just fudged it a little bit. I think our companies even probably knew we were doing it and, and it just worked better. I read a stat recently that, uh, since these e-logs went into effect that the average driver is losing about an hour of his 11 hour driving day just due to parking. And that's because we don't have, you know, that's like a 10% loss in income because we have to start looking for parking way earlier than we used to, you know, because like I said, we used to push it right up to the end. If we couldn't find a spot there, we'd go ahead and log it like that. Go 15 or 20 minutes down the road, find something and then fix it the next day. But you can't do that with electronic logs. So you have to start looking at maybe, you know, 10 hours or 10 hours and 15 minutes into your day, you know, so you might stop an hour or 45 minutes before you actually have to, but you can't keep going because there's such a shortage of, uh, shortage of parking (laughs) for trucks. So yeah, they, everybody's trying to get used to these e-logs. I've been on them since 2010, so it's no big deal to me, but the new guys are, they're going through all the, uh, you know, acceptance phase and all that (laughs) stuff that you have to go through. What is it? The five
0: stages of grief or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're going through right now.
0: So I guess a lot of the questions I have, you actually answer in your book, Trucking Life. And uh, I feel like you probably wrote that book because people like me coming from way on the outside of the trucking world probably ask a lot of the same questions. Is that fair?
1: Yes, it's very fair. They, <laughs> it's, it's not only uh, non-trucking people, but it's people who are actually thinking about getting into trucking. You know, and I have met a lot of guys out here that come out here thinking it's one thing when it's an entirely different thing, you know, and then they're unhappy. And if they would have just taken the time to research it ahead of time, maybe they wouldn't have come into this career. You know, Maybe they would. Maybe they'd love it. You know, like sure. your uncle, you know, he loved it. Some people are born for this. You yeah. know, some people aren't. Uh, it'd be nice to find that out before you go to truck driving school and start a new career, you know.
0: Yeah. So there's I I in in uh, uh relation to the kind of uh, federal regulations you were talking about, there was a uh, an anecdote near the beginning of the book where you talked about uh, switching to a new company and the company policy was you couldn't stop for the first three hundred miles. Yeah, and uh, that was to avoid theft, but because yeah. uh, people apparently just give up after three hundred miles, um, which I guess makes sense, but. So it sounds like every, in addition to uh, blanket regulations, every company you work for is going to have a, kind of a different working environment.
1: Yeah, especially the big mega companies, you know, like Swift and Schneider, uh, J.B. Hunt, the ones you everybody recognizes. You know, we, they've all got their different set of guidelines and their different set of rules. And, uh, you know, that security thing is just one of them. Sure. You know, I mean, if you're... I think the most expensive load, my wife and I, I call her the evil overlord on the blog. (laughs) She's kind of got her own personality there. Uh, But we had a load one time that was half full of cell phones. And they wouldn't load it all the way full because it was worth $5 million. Just half full. And we got escorted. We we got tailed by a, a trailing vehicle the entire time all the way from Dallas to Atlanta. You know, so those kind of loads are really high dollar. Uh, If somebody on the inside at the warehouse knows it's going out, they can easily call ahead. That actually happened to me once. I left a Sears warehouse. Uh, The people sealed up the load with a little plastic seal and everything. I got to a truck stop about, I don't know, maybe... 100 miles away, stopped for the night, and wind was really bad, and it was just rocking the truck, and I was used to that, you know, I slept right through it. Next morning, I got out to do my pre-trip inspection and found my seal busted, and somebody had crawled in on top of stuff and mashed it down, and I, we discovered this one because I got to the first stop, and uh, there was a big spot, miss, something was missing in there, and after the, all the inventory was taken and all the receiving was done, they found it was a gigantic plasma TV. Uh, so whoever did that. Knew that, that TV was there because they crawled over all this other stuff to get to it. Yeah. You know, so it's an inside job. So oh, things. Yeah. So things like that, you know, that's why they want you to drive, say, 300 miles, because not only will they might give up, but a car's range is only so far, too. Sure.
0: Oh, I suppose know? they're going to have to stop eventually.
1: Yeah. Plus, yeah. they got to stop and take a league or what whatever you know so they just want us to keep on moving especially in uh really bad areas like you know miami that's that place is awful you know you want to get as far from miami as
0: after you load as possible so and you basically your jobs always start in different places you don't have like a home hub
1: no uh well i mean i have a home but well yeah i mean but like
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for for pickup and drop off. You're not, you're not going from one place to different destinations. You're going from different destinations to different de- destinations.
1: Yes, I am. There are truckers who do have, you know, regular runs that they just take something out and back in their home every day, or they have a regular run where they might run, you know, uh, St. Louis down to San Antonio over to Dallas and then back up to St. Louis or something like that. But us over the road guys, yeah, it's a new thing every day. We might know where we're picking up the day before, like they might give us what's called a pre-plan, and they say, "Hey, this is what you're doing now. This is what we have planned for you tomorrow." That way, they, they do that so you can kind of adjust your sleep, you know, so sure. you're not super super <laughs> tired, and you just kind of have a general idea what you're going to do the next day. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm somewhere I am somewhere new every single day. <laughs>
0: What what does over-the-road trucker
1: mean? It just means that you have no steady run, that okay. you're not on a steady, a steady drive every single day. They call it OTR. You might see that sometimes, OTR trucker. Okay. And that just means you go wherever they tell you. You know, <laughs> so I'm sitting here in Columbus today and uh, I have a load to Pennsylvania tomorrow and I don't know where I'm going after that. So, so.
0: I do know from stories that in the seventies and eighties, the way you adjusted your sleep was usually with, uh, amphetamines. Uh, how, how, do, how do you go <laughs> yeah. about adjusting your sleep?
1: I rely on the pre-plan, you know? Um, I just, I want to know, like, you know, if I'm getting parked at, say I've driven all night and I get parked at 10 in the morning. Well, I want to know if my next load is after my, let me back up. Truckers, get, they drive 11 hours, then they have to take a 10-hour break. Okay. Uh, how much of that, your sleep is kind of up to the trucker, you know, however much you need. But, okay, say I get parked at 10 in the morning, and I could legally move at 8 at night. But if I find out that my next load is not going to be ready till 7 in the morning, there's no sense in sleeping immediately. I'll just stay up and do whatever I do until midnight or so, wake up in the morning, go pick up my load at seven. So I, I just want to adjust my sleep. So I'm not tired while I'm driving, which I think your audience would appreciate,
0: right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> my other <laughs> podcast is called overtired. I'm familiar with the concept. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, is it easy for you to say, okay, tonight I'm going to bed at midnight and tomorrow night I'll need to be in bed at nine. Can you, can your body just compensate like that.
1: Mine can uh I don't know why maybe I'm just a natural born trucker. Man, I hate I hate saying that. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> but I don't know, I've just always kind of been that way. You know, I can just pop out of bed and just do whatever I need to do. I can adjust my sleep. Like when I go home, uh the evil overlord is kind of nocturnal. She stays up all night long. And if I come in and I've been up all night or up all day, I just, I'll just adjust to her. It doesn't bother me, you know, to stay up for 24 hours if I need to. I just try not to be, I just try not to be tired at those 24 hours. Sure. You know what, what's more impressive is I don't actually drink a lot of caffeine, which I I feel like that might actually help
0: like not drinking caffeine.
1: Yeah. Well, see the way I do, I I explained to my friend, I got a friend who drinks like three of those huge thermoses every (laughs) single day. And I'm like, what do you do when you're tired? Right. And he he said I drink one of those five hour energy drinks, and I said, "Here here's an idea. How about you just cut back your caffeine? That way, when I really am tired, I can drink some caffeine, and it perks me up." Yeah, as God intended.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I cut myself down. I have one cup of coffee a day, like one mug of coffee a day. Congratulations! And yeah. I do I do find that. I can more easily control my sleep. I can sleep when I need to, not just when my body lets me. So, yeah, yeah. no, I think that's wise. Well, well I, I mean, list- well, the the truck stops you used to always be able to go to truck stops and buy the uh, the real ephedrine before it was completely illegal to buy it. Uh, you yeah. could just buy a little bottle of ephedrine and it was sold as uh, like um, nasal decongestant But yeah, but it was sold at the counter very obviously for the purpose of staying up all night. Yeah. Those racks have been replaced with five hour energy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what's in that stuff. I don't either. I don't want to (laughs) know. So so trucking life and your your podcast uh, trucker dump these a lot of it is is about. uh, Well, I guess the podcast is more for truckers. Is that true? Well, Yeah, it's really for it. I think I
1: think anyone could relate to it, but most people just aren't interested in trucking, you know,
0: but uh, it's mostly it's mostly for truckers. So uh, the book Trucking Life, though, as as we said, it's for people who are truckers or people who maybe want to be truckers. What are what are some of the things that you would say are in there that everyone really should have a chance to know? Well,
1: I just don't think people understand that trucking is a lifestyle it's not you know it's not your nine to five job you know just like we were talking about sleep patterns you know i feel like a circadian rhythm is unknown to me i don't even know what it is you know people say oh well you you have to sleep at a certain time in order to be alert well i've been doing this for 20 years uh i think i know my body better than you do you know so
0: yeah are you familiar with polyphasic sleep no Um, it was, I can't remember who originally did the experiments. Uh, Nikolai Tesla did work with it where basically you sleep for like cat naps, like you sleep for an hour and then you're up for three hours and then you sleep for an hour and you could like change the circadian rhythms. Uh, I don't, I don't know that anyone ever really made it work very well, but it
1: sounds miserable to me (laughs) sleeping for one hour and
0: (laughs) being up for three or whatever. Doesn't
1: that sound miserable? It, It
0: does. Yeah.
1: Oh. That would just be off <laughs> sides. I'd never get, I get paid by the mile, you know, I'd, man, my paychecks would suffer
0: big time. <laughs> so, so what should people driving on the highway, uh, normal, normal automobiles driving on the highway, what should they know about truckers? Well,
1: first that we're not number one all the time, <laughs> if you know what I mean, <laughs> people hanging their fingers out the window. Sure. Uh, no, I would just, I would just like for people to know how hard trucking is, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not looking for a pat on the back. All I'm looking for is for them to understand how hard that job is. And that if Brett, if you were to look around in your house right now, look around your room, everything in your room, including the paint on your walls and the drywall that it's on was brought by a truck.
0: Sure.
1: And I think people just don't remember that, you know, they just think there's too many of us that there's too many of us out on the road. We're clogging up the roadways, we're getting in their way and we're a danger to the road. When in fact, one of the things I would love for your listeners to know is that when a truck and a car are involved in an accident, it's been proven over and over that about 80% of the time, it's the car's fault. Sure and I I don't think people know that. I think they think trucks are the danger. But truckers ever the second you go to driving school, truck driving school, you are drilled defensive driving into your head. And I think the average person has forgotten that term, you know, from their Oh, for sure. Uh, you know from their high school class. They they're driving, they're talking on their cell phones, they're texting, they're doing whatever they do and they're they're not really Paying attention, they're going through the motions. So it's like brushing your teeth—you don't pay attention, you know, you just do it. I think people treat driving a car the same way, where most truckers are just out there looking for you to, you know, to not hit you. Sure, <laughs> that's our goal, you know, trying to stay out of your way.
0: Yeah, um, I think I was always taught if you can't see the mirrors, then the trucker can't see you. Um, yeah that's a very good, it's not always
1: true, but it's such a good general, you know, rule of thumb that yes, just, just consider it. That is gospel. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I drive a small little car and I'm always concerned because it's, it's short. It's a short Mm -hmm. car. And, um, I tend to, I will pull into the left lane, uh, give the trucker time to see me and then pass pretty quickly. Like I'll speed up uh, five ten over just to get past and then merge back. Um, I, I just, I never trust, I guess that, <laughs> that my car is visible because especially it's a dark colored car on black blacktop. Yeah. yeah. Y-
1: you are a very smart man, Brett, because you'd be surprised the people who love to ride beside a semi and I don't <laughs> get it. I would just like anybody who thinks it's okay to ride beside a semi just needs to go to YouTube and search for blown tire on a semi. (laughs) That'll change their mind. You do it exactly right. You wait for just a brief second. Make sure we have a chance to look in our mirrors because we're checking them every, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds. We're kind of glancing down our mirrors and we'll see you back there. And then you scoot by us as quick as you can and you're out of our way and we're at, you know we're not putting you in danger. I'm glad you know I'm doing that right. right. You are doing it perfect. Now, if you can just teach everyone, you know how to do that, that would be great.
0: Well, we'll make sure every systematic listener knows how to pass a truck. Um, Yeah. And uh, it used to be like at night when you wanted to merge back, you turn on your signal and then the trucker would drop the headlights off and on to let you know it's okay to merge. That doesn't seem to happen anymore though. Well,
1: yeah, I don't do it for cars simply because I, I drive a speed limited truck. Um, it's governed at 64 mile an hour. So cars are passing me so frequently at night that I just don't bother, Sure, you know, they're usually back and, and cars, honestly, they cut back too quick most of the time. So when I'm ready to signal them to (laughs) to come over, they're already over and gone. Sure. So, yeah. And you know, that's another thing I wanted to mention about the speed limits, I don't know how many people actually know that a lot of the big fleets, like I mentioned, you know, Schneider, J.B. Hunt, uh, Swift, all these big companies, most of them are speed limited. So let me ask you this, Brett. Have you ever been cruising down the highway and you see two trucks side by side and they're blocking traffic and they're just going down the highway side by side, not letting anybody around? Does that ever happen to you? I've seen it, but never for long periods. Okay. Well, you got lucky because one driver had common sense. <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, you, every once in a while you get two hot dogs or not necessarily hot dogs. A lot of times it's just a new driver, and when you come in new to this industry, you you have that mentality of uh, that mentality of I don't want to get passed, you know? And it takes a while for you to just learn to just relax and just keep traffic flowing. So what happens a lot of times is two guys get in there and they're stubborn and they just don't want to give. But they're both speed limited trucks. One might be sixty five, one might be sixty four, and even the slightest variance in incline or weight of the truck will change who's who gets out ahead of each other. And it's we call it turtle racing. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just too slow and it's just so annoying. And i i wish every I wish every person knew that that existed. We're not trying to be jerks sometimes we're just trying to get around the guy you know rather than staring at his trailer doors all day long we know we're going to get around him eventually so we just wait until we it's as clear as we can get it and then we pop out there and then we hope the other guy sees it backs off just a tad bit and we can get around
0: yeah i was gonna say Some, like if sometimes, sometimes that doesn't happen pulls up next to you it seems like common sense to just slow enough to let them past and back in to the right lane
1: it does, but it's that same thing where, you know, sometimes when somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're in your car, you, you almost feel like you want to get back in front of them and pass them again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that, it's that competitive in, you know, and everybody in America, we think we are the most important thing in the world. So nobody should get in our way. <laughs> you know, I think that's, I think that's really what it is. And these truckers just don't want to uh, let it happen. I, I mean, I wrote a blog post about it and did a podcast and trying to get the word out. And well, just not enough truckers listen to podcasts. So
0: yeah, your podcast is directed to truckers. How many truckers do listen to podcasts? Not very dang
1: many. I can tell you that (laughs) I have been trying to I've been trying to promote my podcast more just by walking up to truckers at truck stops and asking them, hey, have you heard of what do you know what a podcast is? And probably out of 100 of them, maybe 90 of them have never even heard the term. Maybe another six or seven have heard the term, but they can't explain it when you ask them what it is. And they get this sheepish look on their face like, oops, I got caught. <laughs> and then maybe another three or four actually listen to podcasts. But every trucker I've, I've talked to who actually listens to podcasts loves them. But the problem is, they just don't know they exist. You would be shocked, Brett, how many people, how many truckers are still rocking flip phones out here. You would be shocked.
0: <laughs> uh, you, you might be surprised how shocked I'm not. That that seems, uh, I guess, stereotypically kind of the uh, the world that I would expect. Uh, not yeah. super techie, just like bare minimum. But it seems like, driving truck is the perfect time to listen to a hundred different podcasts. Well, and it's so
1: perfect too, because, you know, like if you're going through a, a, toll booth or whatever, you can just pause it, you know, and you can come back to it. Or if you miss something, you can just back up 30 seconds. Or, you know, if you, if the ad's boring, you can fast forward 30 seconds or two minutes, depending on who's doing the, the so, ad
0: read. So is it that they all have flip phones and and just don't have podcasts on their mobile devices then?
1: Yeah, pretty much. They just never heard of them.
0: Uh, you know, they might use it to
1: listen to music. Uh, I have vowed from now on, I'm just going to quit being nice. I'm just going to ask them. And if they have any, any even that inkling of interest in podcasts, I'm just going to say, hey, I can download a couple of podcasts for you right now. <laughs> you want me to show you how? And I'm just going to take, if they'll give me their phone, I'm just going to show them how to do it real fast
0: get uh, it on there. Do you find, uh, when you're at stops and, uh, I, where, I don't even know where truckers congregate other than truck stops, but is the, is, is there a community? Do truckers generally get along with each other?
1: Generally, you know, uh, the truck stop and the rest truck stop restaurants used to be the big place where everybody would go and congregate. And they do someone, uh, somewhat like, you know, on a, on football days or whatever, you'll see the truckers lounge just full of screaming. Truckers are all <laughs> screaming at the TV and they all know how to coach the team the best, right, obviously. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I stay out of the truck stops completely <laughs> as much as I can. Uh, but I'd say more than anything, truckers, the, tr- the tech savvy ones have moved online. You know, like I have a group that is the Trucker Dump Slack group, and we just use Slack for that purpose. We just get in there and chat and do whatever we want. And I've got way more friends now than I used to before we had these smartphones. Sure. You know, so it's nice. It's nice for us who are tech savvy, but I don't honestly know what the guys are doing who who aren't tech savvy because you'll go into a truck stop restaurant and most guys are sitting there and they're reading uh, or they're you know, they're watching something on their computer or something, they're not talking a lot like they used to. And the CB isn't near as active as it is either, which thank God I hate the CB. (laughs) So that, that place is a cesspool. It really is. It's the worst of the worst.
0: So is, uh, do you think that introversion is common? Like, uh, the ability to be alone for long periods, is that kind of a common personality trait for truckers?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I, I'm I'm not that way. I'm extroverted, but even, uh, but even I can do it. You know, it's just, and I don't even talk to myself. I, a lot of guys, <laughs> a lot of drivers do talk to themselves. So I've I've asked them, and most of them do.
0: <laughs> I talk to myself. I get that.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you work you work by yourself, so I that's do. totally understandable.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, one one driver, I I. I said, hey, do you talk to yourself? And he goes, Yeah, but that isn't the part that worries me. It's when I answer myself, is when I get worried.
0: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I've been doing it twenty years and I'm not to that stage. <laughs> Maybe that's
0: because I can I I podcast and I'm, you know, talking to a bunch of people. What's the uh what's the longest drive you'll generally do? In a day? No, uh like the entire run.
1: Well, When I was teaming with, uh, the evil overlord, we used to do like 2,500 mile runs. I think, I think the longest one we ever had was like 31 and it was from, I don't, nobody looking at Atlas and prove (laughs) me wrong here, but I think it was from like LA. No, I think it was from like Washington state to Boston or
0: something like that. Full cross country.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you can do those as a team. I run a lot of shorter runs now, but, you know, a typical day, if you have a 60 or 60 or a six, about a 64, 65 mile an hour truck, you can knock out about uh, 650 miles a day. And, you know, that's just normal for a trucker. I know that, <laughs> you know, a lot of civilians, I think are like, Oh, you know, like a three hour drive to grandma's house will kill them, you know? But a three hour day to us is just a really bad day, both sure. money wise, you know, and it just means we're just going to be sitting around somewhere for longer. Yeah. So, we yeah, want. I, I, I couldn't
0: do yeah. that. <laughs> I don't do well with yeah, hour truck, long drives.
1: Well, you do build up a stamina over time and you can do it, you know, longer over over periods of time. But truckers are one of the few groups that are required to stay out on the road for long periods of time that make less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, if you think about it like a salesperson, you know, they're, and they're getting all their stuff paid for while they're out And a trucker doesn't, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard. Yeah. It's not hard physically.
0: It's hard mentally. Okay. When you say all their stuff paid for, what, what do truckers have to pay for? Uh, Are we talking food? I assume their fuel is covered at least.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, if you're a company driver, like I am, you know, just driving for somebody else. Yeah. All my fuel is paid and all my tolls and, uh, waste, weigh tickets and stuff, you know, I got to weigh my heavy right. loads and all that stuff is covered. Um, but like food, um, incidentals, you know, like the, the clothes you're going to wear for trucking, you know, some of that's deductibles. Some of it's not. Do <laughs> you usually, on. do you sleep in your truck? Yeah, every night. I sleep in this uh I sleep in this sleeper 20 probably about 28 nights a a month. Wow. It's Yeah, it's I sleep I sleep better in my truck than I do at home on my nice big pillow top mattress. Like it's what you're used to apparently. It's what you're used to. Yeah, I I joke and say sometimes I have to go back out on the road so I can get some rest. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah a- we spend a uh, we spend our time and we spend uh, pretty much all of our time I do all of my podcasting in my in the cab of my truck and surprisingly enough it sounds pretty good i mean if you think about it it is kind of an enclosed space
0: right. yeah it's a nice know? small space low echo as long as you're not like you know a lot of engine noise you're all right
1: yeah yeah and I've got some uh well that's one of my picks that helps with that and uh I got a new microphone that helps with that too so. Uh, but nothing will get rid of one of those loud air brakes when a truck sure. parks beside you and that they pop that air brake that's coming through no matter what, <laughs> but it adds ambiance. I like to think.
0: What is Jake breaking?
1: It stands for Jacob break and what it is. Well, I'm not a mechanical guy. Believe me, every time if, if a doorknob needs to be changed to the house, the evil overlord wants to call a handyman. That's how mechanical I am. Sure. Uh, but it's a, um, Basically, what it is, is it reverses the compression on the engine. So the engine is actually stopping you instead of making you
0: go. Okay.
1: So not, I, not I just downshifting. Right. No, it's just like if the jake brake is on and you let off the throttle, if the, if the jake brake's on and you let off the throttle, it'll you know, do the boom. Yeah. And it'll,
0: it'll, slow, it'll slow you down. And it's really loud and annoying, which is why there are signs in certain in residential areas. No Jake breaking. Yep. 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 Because it is
1: extremely loud. And some guys, some of these hot rods, you know, they do it in truck stop parking lots. And it's like, what are you (laughs) doing? You're going 10 mile an hour. Come on. (laughs) But it sounds so cool, you know.
0: (laughs) So anything else you want to cover before we jump to the top three picks? I know that's a really open ended question.
1: Well, there is one more thing I'd like to cover, and that is braking distance. I don't think people get this about trucks. I really don't. If they did, they wouldn't do some of the stupid things they do in front of us. You know, like pass us and then decide they want to turn right right in front of us. It's not a smart thing to do. Let me give you an example. Like a Toyota Camry is the best-selling car in America. It can stop from 60 to zero in about 127 feet, I think is the number. And a truck takes 294 for the same distance. Sure. So, and that is with that is when the truck is fully loaded at 80,000 pounds. And believe it or not, a truck actually stops less easily when it is loaded lighter, because you don't. uh, That seems counterintuitive, but you have to calibrate these brakes for an eighty thousand pound uh, eighty thousand pound vehicle, and if you have less weight there's actually less force putting you down into the, into you know, less friction on the road. So you actually, it takes longer to slow down that way. If you ever see a tractor, uh, like a truck without a trailer, sure, yeah, try
0: not to be in front of it because <laughs> there's
1: nothing pushing down on those tires and it does not want to stop, even on drive, pa- drive pavement.
0: I have seen way too so, many people as a truck is pulling up to a uh, stoplight especially one that's on the highway uh, you know, they start slowing down plenty early, but then people will pass them and then jut in front of them before the stoplight. And it always seems like when I imagine, when I see how early they started breaking, I have to imagine they were giving themselves enough space to come to a complete stop and someone, you know, two cars just took away uh, 20 feet of their, their stopping distance. That can't be great.
1: No, that is one of the biggest jokes. You know, we sit through all these uh, company orientations and safety uh, safety programs and stuff, and they're always like, you have to leave seven, se- seven seconds following distance. And I'm, I just always say, have you ever driven in L.A.? <laughs> it's impossible. I mean, because yeah. the second you can even go slower than traffic and someone will cut five feet in front of your bumper, you know, there goes that distance and then you back off a little bit more and somebody does it again. They just fill that gap. and People have no idea. I, I just don't think they have any idea uh, just how long it takes a truck to stop. And the sad thing is, is if you if you get rear-ended by a truck, it's not going to be pretty for you. The trucker is sure. going to walk away, yeah. you know, but it's not going to be pretty.
0: Uh, have you ever had someone uh, pull in on your right when you're making a wide right turn? And get their car crushed. I have had them try, but <laughs> I watched that happen to a Porsche. The guy just thought, "There's plenty of room. I'll just zip through here," and got himself uh, just wedged between a tree and a mm-hmm. semi. <laughs> he was uh, okay. Uh
1: well, okay. Well, as long as the guy was okay, then I'll that say car was awesome.
0: absolutely <laughs> not okay. <laughs> yeah, he deserved it. Like yeah. we, everyone watching was like, "Yep, yep. That's that's kind of what yeah. you get."
1: Yeah, it probably didn't help that he drove a Porsche, and everybody, you know, was thinking, <laughs> "Well, there's a there's a douchebag." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's you, that's your opinion to start with, and then you then they do something yeah. stupid, <laughs> it only compounds the issue. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, those 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 wide right turns are confusing though, because depending on the way it looks, uh, you know, the depending on the way the intersection is set up, where the cars are in the intersection. We we can do that different ways, and sometimes if you have to swing wide left in order to go right, you know how do you signal that? I always try to signal left, but then that tells the person behind me that they can run around on the right real fast. So, you know, I I turn my signal left real fast, then I turn it back right as soon as I get out of their lane. It's just a mess. There's no good way to do it, and uh, people should just learn they should never pass on the right. Just don't (laughs) pass on the right, and you're safe.
0: That's, that's fair. As a civilian driver, if I see a truck with a right turn signal on, I just, I wait because I don't know (laughs) if they're going to pull left. I don't know if they're going to take a hard right. Um, so I just, I stay behind any truck that has a right turn signal on. Um, that is, that is the easiest for me. Also, no one, people got to stop passing on the right. People on the left need to slower traffic needs to move to the right. I, I get, It's the one peeve I have on the highways, spending long times waiting for someone to merge back in to the right lane and they don't truckers are great about it. That's what I love about truckers. Like they follow the rules and they follow the speed limits apparently because they're speed limited, but (laughs) yeah, a lot of us are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A big thanks to smile and PDF pen 10 for sponsoring this episode of systematic. The new PDF Pen 10 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs. PDF Pen 10 adds watermarks, custom headers, custom footers, and a new precision edit tool. With PDF Pen 10, you can move images around without increasing the size of your document. You can magnify library items and you can use a new improved color palette. PDF Pen Pro 10 adds batch OCR support so that you can go paperless more easily by making an entire collection of scanned PDFs searchable. Smile also offers PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for editing PDFs when you're on the go. You can learn more about PDF Pen and support Systematic by visiting smilesoftware.com podcast. Thanks again to Smile and PDF Pen 10. I'm going to be promoting MacStock 2018 for the next few months, so here's your reminder for this episode. I'll be at MacStock this year giving a talk amidst an awesome speaker lineup. If you haven't signed up yet and you can make it to the Chicago area, July 21st and 22nd, head to max.conferenceandexpo.com. If you use the coupon code IndieNerd, you can get $70 off a weekend pass. It's a great chance to meet up with your favorite Mac and iOS loving podcasters, bloggers, personalities, as well as fellow Apple lovers. Visit max.conferenceandexpo.com and use the coupon code IndieNerd, I-N-D-I-E-N-E-R-D. All right. Well, do you want to do some top three picks? Man, I'd love to. That'd be awesome. All right. So this goes back and forth one at a time and you get to go first. Okay. Well, I'm a
1: podcaster, so I would, you know, when I first started podcasting, I had, I, what I did is I turned my blog into a podcast. So I kind of went back and I had 90 blog posts done before I decided to turn into a podcast so i'm a mac guy so naturally i opened GarageBand, and i quickly found out how unfriendly it is to podcasters you know just just simple things like you know if you cut a section out generally what you want it to do is you want it to the other section to squeeze up against right. the spot you know take R- that space cut. yeah but it, yeah it doesn't work that way so I'm a cheapskate. I just dealt with it for ages because I didn't want to spend any money on software. But it got to a point where I knew I had to. And that's when I discovered uh, Hindenburg Journalist. That is a really cool software program. It's $95 for the regular version. It, the pro version is $375. But most of the stuff you want to do uh, is $95. Uh, you can get for the $95 version. And basically what this app does is it it's not designed like uh, GarageBand or logic pro like for music it is strictly for podcasters and broadcasting and news and things like that so it's got nice little features in it that are made just for podcasters you know like for instance just uh, you know have an audio duck underneath uh, a, a voiceover yeah you know that is that used to be able to to be done in GarageBand and they took it away at some point, you know, and it's yeah. super, super easy to do that in, in Hindenburg because it happens all the time in radio. You just have to do that. So this
0: I just love this really app. It,
1: it saved me. Yeah. It saved me a lot of money. I actually, like I say, I'm a cheapskate, but <laughs> i I actually splurged for the $375 version because I needed that. It also comes with uh, noise canceling when you get the pro version So you can kind of fine tune it and, uh, you know, it actually monitors what's coming into the microphone. So, you know, if I've got loud trucks idling around me or whatever, I can just kind of tune that thing up a little bit. And magically, I don't hear them. And that means I can podcast more. Like in the past, I'd always just have to wait until I had quiet. Sure. I I might have a whole day to podcast, but I'm sitting beside you know, some guy with a refrigerated trailer next to me, that's just blaring and I can't do anything, you know? So, uh, it's saved me a lot of time just in editing features and it's
0: saved me a lot of stress. And I think I have more hair because of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just signed up for the, uh, free trial. This looks amazing. I can't believe I didn't know about this before. Thanks for sharing.
1: And they've got a lot of, yeah, they've got a lot of great uh, video tutorials, too, and the, and the good kind of video t- tutorials where they don't last, you know, eight minutes to show you one thing. It's like a two-minute video that shows you how to do one specific thing.
0: I can appreciate that. And I that. use that. <laughs> I Yeah, I use that constantly. Yeah, nice. Great pick. All right. So my first pick, I, I've been into home automation for a long, long time since before there was really home automation to speak of. And I finally decided to start buying more modern home automation devices. And I started with Hue bulbs, Philips Hue bulbs. And uh, that could be a pick in and of itself, but there's a specific device called the Hue tap uh, that I'm kind of enamored with. It's a, a wall switch. It's a round like disc. And then inside the disc, there are three buttons. So the main Pressing the whole thing is uh, number one, and then there's two, three, and four. And you can have each button do something different. And there's no battery in it. It just sticks on the wall, but there's no battery because it uses kinetic energy. Every time you push it, it's charging up. So you never have to change a battery on the thing. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and because if you're living in a house with anyone else and you want to automate things, you can't have it so they have to pull out their phone or they have to talk to, you know, a robot to get the right. lights to turn on. You got to give people switches. And this yeah. has been a really good way to make sure that's available. Yeah. And that was called the tap, you said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I tried to go down that home automation route just a little bit. Uh, we got the uh, one of these Ecobee yeah. thermostats. And man, it's so great to just be a lazy butt and sit on your couch and change the (laughs) the temperature. But it was doing something weird in the in the in the winter where I mean, it literally jacked up our heating bill like three times as much. Yeah. And it was doing something running our auxiliary heater more than it was supposed to. And we we had all the settings right, uh, according to Ecobee people. And it just I don't know, it just didn't work. So and uh, the evil overlord is not very tech savvy and. So she was like, take that thing out of my house. Well,
0: sure. <laughs> Any, anytime <laughs> someone tries to introduce something that only makes things worse, as far as you can tell, uh, it's really hard to accept.
1: It. Yeah. And, and I'm always gone. So it makes it even right. worse. You yeah. know, because she's like, you're not the one having to deal with it. I'm like, oh, OK, OK, I'll take it out. You know, Happy
0: yeah. wife, happy life. Right. <laughs> I, I have a nest. And when I had forced air HVAC, it it did actually save us a lot of money. But Uh I recently moved to a place that basically just has boiler baseboard heat. And you don't want to change the temperature on that. Like those systems just don't deal well. They deal well with on and off. But more thermostat based functionality is not their strong point. So basically, my thermostat just set it like 69 all the time. (laughs) The nest is kind of pointless, but eh. yeah. Yeah.
1: That that home automation thing, it's just a world I will probably, well, I won't get into it until I'm off the road. That's for sure. I can
0: tell that from my first endeavor. It it takes patience (laughs) and money, and then you have to have people around you who are also patient.
1: There's three things I don't have.
0: (laughs) All right. So what's your second pick?
1: Okay, I got a little app, a little iOS app from the developer uh, Extra Thought and it is something I use all the time. You know, I I listen to all these Mac podcasts. And so naturally, I want to try all these different to-do apps and stuff like that. You know, I think, oh, I need that. But then I it finally dawned on me one day that I am boring. My life is boring. You know, it's I, I wake up in the morning. My little computer in the truck tells me what to do. And I don't have a lot of things to schedule or anything like that. So I don't really need a to-do list. So I just use my mail app, which I know drives people crazy. You know, if I need something to do, or if I have something to do, I just leave it in my inbox. So this little app is called Mail to Self. And all it does is you can, anywhere that you can pull up a share sheet, you can just tap one button and it will email you whatever, wherever you're at. So for instance, if I see a cool Twitter thing that I want to look at later on, or i see a video that i don't want to watch right now but i want to watch it later i will just pull up the share sheet hit mail to self and it's gone and i it shows up in my inbox and it is so handy you know just just to have that one tap all you have to, all you have to do is just tell it what email address you want to use for it it takes care of the rest it's yeah. a beautiful little app and it's free. Um, no no charge. So I that's know, great. I, too. I,
0: I know exactly the people who would be upset about that, but I say if it works with the system that works for you, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: I like I said, I tried to to, to use these other apps and they were just too complicated. I just had to face the fact that my life was not that exciting. <laughs> you know, sure. I didn't have that many things going on. <laughs> so I you know, you just use the minimum tool. For what you uh, you you can accomplish, right?
0: And that is smarter than trying to build a complex system that isn't needed, right? Yeah. All right. So my Somebody. next pick is uh, <laughs> it's an app called Textlicious. and <laughs> okay, um, it, the is the developer of Delicious Library has been kind of um, I would say quiet for a long time, and he put this out. With the note that um, it, buying it would help fund the big next app that he's working on right now and uh, so I grabbed it. and what it is have you have you seen on Twitter people who use uh, like fancy text in their in their names and in their tweets with yeah. like, weird fonts basically this lets you type in a word and then it'll translate it into those Unicode symbols that create like italicized Gothic fonts and things.
1: Oh, you do something like that in your,
0: yeah, I always, I, I always have little taglines, Brett, something, something Terpstra. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Right now. It's like a heavy metal font that says Brett trapped under ice Terpstra. No, I changed <laughs> it to a cursive font that says, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Cause we have oh. like 50 characters now. So.
1: Oh, you should have left it with a Metallica, man. <laughs>
0: I'll get back to it. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an easy way to do it. There are websites that'll do it, but for two bucks, you can get delicious monsters version and, uh, use it anywhere on your phone as like a, a share sheet kind of thing. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of music,
1: uh, I've got one, it is a Doug script. It's called join together. And all this little app does is it takes two songs, that should be together and make sure they stay together. I I listen to shuffle mode most of the time. And it's just disturbing when I hear like eruption from Van Halen and it's supposed to go into, you really got me, but it doesn't, it just stops like, ah, and just switches to, you know, I don't know, some country song or something. It's like, what wait, you know, this is uncool. So I found this little app. It's free. Uh, I think it just I think the free version just basically lowers the volume after five minutes or something, but you can pay $5 uh, for a registration. And all it does is just link these two together, so even in the shuffle mode, it will keep those together. And it doesn't affect the original audio file. It just shows it that way in iTunes. Uh, And you can use it for longer stuff, too, like uh, if you've ripped an audio book and it shows up as, you know, 20 different tracks, you can link all those together and just make it into one big, long playing audio book. It's a really
0: handy app. And not that anyone does it anymore, but concept albums uh, and rock operas and things like that would make a lot of sense to be able to force into a certain order.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Operation Mindcrime, uh, Queensryche is like that for me. You know, it's it's like you just can't listen to some of those songs out of order. You just expect it to roll into the next song. And if it doesn't, it's just disappointing.
0: Right. Well, even <laughs> yeah. like The Wall or Tommy, like there's an order that matters. And the songs individually can kind of stand on their own. Some of them. But yeah. Yeah. Quadrophenia yeah. out of order. <laughs> um, okay. So, awesome. Now, you had four picks. And like I said, I'm, I can give up a pick if you want to take the fourth pick.
1: I don't want to be greedy, man. That ain't cool. It,
0: it's a, I do this. I have to come up with three picks with every guest. So, if I can have someone else take one pick off of me, <laughs> that's one I can what? save. All right. Yeah,
1: well, I will because this, this app is so vital to me. Okay, you can imagine I'm on the road, like I say, about 28 days out of the month, which means anytime I want to do anything on my computer, I'm always tethering from my iPhone. And the problem is uh, sometimes you don't know when stuff is just going crazy. Like, for for instance, one time I had Dropbox. Just for some reason, it started just going nuts, and it was downloading, like, hundreds of megabytes of stuff, and I wasn't doing anything in Dropbox, well, I discovered this app called Trip Mode. Anybody who's ever heard Jason Snell talk knows that he is a big fan of this, so don't take the trucker's word for it. Take <laughs> Jason Snell's, but yeah, it's Trip Mode is the name of the app. It's seven ninety nine, and all it does is it monitors everything that's trying to access the internet while you're tethered, and it only activates once you're tethered too. So you know, as soon as I fire something up. Uh, there've been times actually I've called customer support and say this feature isn't working why why can't I register this and then I realize it's I haven't given trip mode access to it yet and then I feel like an <laughs> idiot you know so it's kind of like little snitch in a way that it's it's kind of pesky at first sure. but once but once you get used to it and you get it tuned in to the apps you used all the time then it's just out of your way yeah. and it save you know it saves me from sucking down data cuz like I say everything I do is on my data plan and I've I've got a decent amount of data but I mean you got to watch it when you're out here on the road as as much as I am.
0: Yeah, I feel like your your endorsement actually probably means more than Snell's endorsement.
1: Yeah, Just that could given be given the
0: nature of your work.
1: Yeah, cuz I I'm positive I'm on my I'm on uh, you know using the tethering way more than he is. Yeah, yeah I'm quite, probably I'm true. quite certain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um awesome. All right. That was, that was worth handing that fourth one over to you. Okay. I'm glad you think so. So, uh, people can find you, uh, at about which will link them to both of your books and truck dumping podcast, trucking dump trucker dump podcast. Um, yeah. And, and your blog that goes with the podcast. Right. Um, anywhere else you want to mention, uh, Oh, Todd, Todd McCann, M-C-C-A-N-N. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I say in the podcast, it's at, at Todd McCann. That's two D's, two C's and two N's. That is. That's kind of beautiful.
1: Isn't it, isn't it though?
0: It's yeah. got a perfect rhythm to it. And there's just one letter separating each of those. Yeah. And I, and it's I. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have people write in, you know, for feedback for the podcast. And they're like, yeah, I know. It's two D's, two C's and two N's. Yeah. Um, and they're always, they're always quoting my uh, my tagline on it too. Uh, uh, how I end my podcast, I always say, "Drive safe and
0: stay out of my way." <laughs> so people are always saying that to me too. Is there anywhere else you want to uh, list for people to find you, contact you?
1: No, I mean we've got a. I've got just a couple of Slack groups. Like I say, uh trucker, the trucker dump Slack group. If you're a trucker. I don't know how many truckers you got listening to this well, show. Well, hopefully but, more now. Yeah, well, if you're – yeah, I'm definitely going to tell <laughs> all my friends about it. So, uh, yeah, if uh, you know, if you want to join there and just talk to a bunch of truckers, that's cool. You can email me at truckerdump at gmail.com. And we also have one that's specific for Mac uh, Mac lovers, app, Apple guys that are truckers. We call that iTruckers, and you can uh, email iTruckers at iCloud.com to join that group.
0: Oh, All right. That one—that one's really active. All right. I took that note because I didn't know about that. All right. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being here. I uh, i find you a, a fascinating person and hopefully everyone else is going to develop a uh, respect for and or interest in trucking now.
1: Yeah, that is what I'd love. You know, I, I wrote the book a little bit for people who just there are some people out there who just have a genuine I- interest in trucking and I wrote that book so they could understand it too I didn't use a bunch of you know weird jargon or anything like that that they wouldn't understand so yeah yeah I just I just like to you know kind of put the word out that you know hey truckers are people too and just try to make this industry a better place and give us a better a better reputation among the public
0: and among our fellow truckers nice we should also mention there is an audiobook version of trucking life that you read yourself. For yep. nine hours
1: yep in my closet <laughs> in my closet at home where most where so much podcasting gets done and so much audio recording gets done It's yep. amazing all right yep.
0: all right well thanks again and uh thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you in a week Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Systematic. You can find me at brettterpstra.com and as TTScoff on every platform, including Facebook, Twitter, GitHub, Last.FM, and probably a bunch you've never heard of. Just search for TTSCOFF. You can also find Systematic on Twitter. So to tweet at me and my guest and for updates and announcements, follow Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T. If you're loving Systematic, don't forget to go leave an inspiring iTunes review. Thanks for listening.